And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, making us sound so good because I am the super producer. I am Bill, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts he is justin juice cannon boom boom baby juice another week top of the cage is upon us in a podcasting format for those of you who do not know we have started some new content on our youtube page and I am just going to leave it up to you for that. And it's your responsibility to go check out what's new on our YouTube page or follow us on social media. We'll probably be promoting it there too. For sure. For sure. And this week on the podcast, it's again just uh, two of us shooting the ship. And uh, it's going to be not really structured. We're kind of just talking about a few storylines that we're interested in individually in wrestling, both WWE and AEW. We focus around those two. Um, it's mainly just those two. It's, it's all those two. <laughs> I know I'm saying mainly, mostly it is. Uh, but you know, those are the top two. Those are things we watch. So uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy. We'll get into it right away. Well, one thing I'm gonna ask a little preliminary question that actually is related to not AWQ Bell. Now, Bill, I know you're a busy guy. But say you had time, what would it take for you to get invested in Impact? What would Impact have to do the change to really draw in you as a as audience member? Because I think that's really the problem with Impact. Like they put on a great product, and great shows, and a lot of the guys are all across the Indies and stuff. But Access TV isn't there just on Thursday night. It's not attracting nowhere near the audience of an AEW or a WWE show. I hate to say that a little bit of their reputation precedes them. Coming from TNA, TNA has always kind of been known as WWE light. TNA has a reputation that isn't the greatest in terms of the people who have not only booked it, but the people who have been stars on it. However, I shouldn't, I shouldn't use that as an excuse for never watching it. I am definitely aware of the level of product that they put on. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head though, in terms of like how actually promoted it is and where it can be found is just like not as easy as a WWE or an AEW, even NXT at that point too, I feel like it's a little bit more easily accessible. I mean, NXT at least is, is also broadcasted on network television. I feel like another thing about Impact too is like, they probably do have really good stories, but something for me, especially when it gets to like the big pay-per-view seasons for a lot of these shows, like AEW, for instance, I find myself watching, watching Dynamite on Thursday mornings at work 
sorry to anybody I work with. If my boss ever listens to this, I watch it sometimes when I'm on my other monitor at home when I'm working from home. But and then same thing with WWE too. If it's the following Tuesday morning, or even if it's NXT and I'm watching it on um, the following Wednesday, or if it's SmackDown, I might watch it on a Monday or just watch ups and downs. I don't know. I feel like Impact doesn't really have like a big ticket storyline in recent years, at least. That's been something that's super drawing to me. The last time I watched Impact faithfully was probably during the Broken Hardy era, honestly. During the the cinematic matches, you know, like I and I'm obviously a huge Hardy mark too. So that I ate that shit up, but in all honesty, the last time I watched Impact regularly was when Matt and Jeff Hardy were the focal point of, a, of, of the show. I think those are all fair points. And also, not to be mean because some of my favorite wrestlers are Impact, but a lot of those people have the image of being remnants of WWE releases or Ring of Honor releases or just people that impact it's borrowing from other companies like new japan and they're putting on great matches and pay-per-views recently have been really high quality but i think i agree there's not really a storyline that makes me need to go out and make sure i can find some way even just streaming it as much but you know i did get into it when i had it access including my tv i think one thing they go leaps and bounds for helping them is one a top star getting the, a real like top guy that can draw? I think they're trying to do that with Josh Alexander. I think he has the in ring chops to do that, but you got you have to have the charisma too and that level energy as well, and really getting an audience invested in him. And a lot of people are invested in him, but is that is he on the level of a Roman Reigns, an MJF, a Chris Jericho? No, you know, they got to find top star. Maybe they can turn them into that, but they have to do the right stories and get new creative help. And then the second thing they can do, get off access. <laughs> get off access and get in a chat. I know it's easier said than done, but even if it's just getting back to Twitch or like something that's more well-known, because like I, when I say, oh, you can watch an access TV, the usual answer is what's access TV? I know that they're on Access TV, and I barely know what Access TV is. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. And I know New, New Japan just got back to Access TV, and I was like, why? It didn't work the first time. And right now, I heard that the, uh, the viewership for New Japan on Access is not doing very well again. So I don't know why they go back to Access. Isn't it? In fact, I get you can't go back to Spike, or like it's hard to get a network deal, but... Um, Wrestling's doing pretty well. I know it's always talked of them being like on the verge of bankruptcy, but I, I think they, I, I think financially they're doing pretty good right now. There are pay-per-view sales for them are doing pretty well ever since the AW like merger stuff. And I think they can get like at least a better like channel on cable and network TV that's more more known than access i'm not saying they're going to be able to get on fox or abc because they're not but um like true tv or something like that something something that's not access yeah it's a part with a lot of those networks too is that they're owned by the bigger networks so that's That's kind of why you gotta find like a independent tv channel i guess but 
Yeah, if if it was something like a spike again, or even even some like random one, maybe like a even like an AMC or something, I feel like too might be good. I think AMC is owned by one of the big boys. That would that would make sense. I mean, they are like a movie company too. So, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't find myself clamoring for impact storylines. I think the Josh Alexander stuff is really interesting. Like I think that they've definitely done well in telling that underdog story that he has kind of portrayed and all the things he's overcome and becoming a champion. And like, it's beautiful that like his family was able to celebrate in the ring with him. This kid is very cute, but you know, it's going to take a little bit more than that for me to want to tune in. I will say though, like I liked seeing Morrissey on, on, on uh, AEW television. I think that's definitely something that's a little bit drawing, especially because everybody who watches AEW, that was a, you know, watch WWE or do watch WWE would be like, oh, that's just big cash. Look at big cash. But he looked good and he looked really reinvented. And if if they can continue to use ex WWE guys, and I'm putting air quotations for people that can't see my video, I think just kind of washing the the funk off of them and really just rebuilding them and packaging them as something that is greater than their former WWE self is just the things that they got to start doing right. And I think that uh, that W Morrissey is is a good example of that. They're able. They've been able to do that successfully with almost everyone they've got. Like Eric Young is back to being the Eric Young that I remember from NXT and from the Impact before. Like Eric Young's killing it. Uh, Morrissey's doing good. Him and Jordan Grace is such an odd couple tag team. They just gotta keep working on a formula to get more a higher audience level because I I do think they are putting on a very entertaining product that honestly I think is better than NXT as NXT is now. It's more entertaining than Raw, but I watch Raw a lot more than Impact. Like I haven't watched I haven't watched an episode of Impact in like a month. I usually just read the recaps and I make sure to watch the pay-per-views or the premium events. But like, yeah, I don't. It's probably longer than four weeks. It's probably quite a while because I haven't had access to access, <laughs> and I'm not clamoring. So you know, I don't have to DVR or anything like that. But um, yeah. But even though it's Raw's lesser quality, I still watch that because one, WWE's is the bigger product, and the fully understand all WWE storylines I want to watch, and there's it's three hours too so like there's even if you hate most of it there's going to be something you connect to and you know the raw tag team chances champs are randy orton and my boy riddle so that's one reason for me to watch oh and my future wife love morgan <laughs> well not the last thing you said, but the thing before you just said, I think great segue into talking about some of the current WWE and AEW storylines that are going on right now. And I think one of the biggest ones within WWE itself right now is the feud we're seeing between the Bloodline and RK Bro. I do want to see tag team unification. I feel like I flip on that topic almost every week. Like, I don't want to see titles unified, but I do want to see titles unified at the same time. And I think that RK Bro are genuinely the brightest spot i think like the bloodline are probably very close number twos but rk bro i think is like the brightest thing within wwe right now because you know when that whoever turns on whoever is gonna be like uh, this just heartbreaking like like equivalent to when chris jericho and kevin owens had the festival of friendship and that's when that that beautiful team broke up 
and I know Riddle's hopefully going to come out on top. I think that he's really grown as a performer, kind of getting used to that WWE style and pairing him with somebody like Randy Orton, who just is killing it right now, too. Let me just add. And to see them going against the bloodline is very interesting, too. You know, seeing them get that main event spot, teaming up with Drew McIntyre against the bloodline. Uh, you know, Drew McIntyre obviously gunning for Roman Reigns. And yeah, I I just think that this feud is genuinely putting the two best things in WWE together right now. And I, I'm for it. I like it. I hope that it doesn't end anytime soon. And knowing WWE, it probably won't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. And also, I feel like there's so many options of where it can go, which I actually really like because there's lots of like, side storylines inside the bloodline storyline there's the Sami Zayn kissing the half of the bloodline there's um that's not the only one i just thought I, I, why can't I go uh shinsuke oh yeah yeah shinsuke that's a huge one obviously the drew and roman stuff and then there's obviously okay bro versus the usos but also street profits are also uh saying like hey don't forget about us boys yeah, Profit's still gunning for the uh, Raw Tag titles. Like, so many storylines in one. Um, the brand separation seems pretty much kind of just dead at this point, which I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think if you're, since they release so many people and the roster is pretty barren, that it's necessary, especially in the tag team division, because they haven't really been lifting up tag teams. They kind of just are either just splitting them all up or just really just focusing on like three or four like it's kind of just the new day the usos rk bro and street profits really getting all the attention and like otis and chad gable kind of alpha academy kind of just in the background the raiders are they're not in the background they're like not they're not in sight they're, they're on the backstage <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gone which sucks because I love the Raiders. Uh, Garza and Carrillo just, I don't even know what's happening there. <laughs> what a fumbled bag. I, I just, what a fumbled bag, WWE. Like Angel Garza, you were, you were just priming to be somebody who I think could have been so, so good. Instead, you just wasted him. Yeah. I mean, he has that. He's got charisma on top of charisma on top of charisma and the in-ring talent to back it up. And he can really knock out multiple different characters out of the park. And he's a Latin superstar. Like, that's literally WWE has been missing somebody like that since, like, Rey Mysterio in his prime. Yeah, like, he honestly kind of reminds me of, of Eddie Grove, to be honest. I think in terms of, like, character work, definitely. Yeah, even, even a bit in the ring. You got the like cruiserweight style. So, who do you think is going to come out on top in this tag team uh, title unification? So, I think that it probably will end up being RK Bro, and that will really like unseat the bloodline because, especially if the rumors of Roman going to Hollywood and they're going to work less dates, I would hope that WWE has the foresight to maybe like get the championships off of the bloodline and like let them take a break because they've been carrying for kind of a good amount of time with RK bro but I could also see it the Usos losing the titles makes Roman very upset makes him kind of like lose focus on the championships of himself and then we see somebody like a Sami Zayn or a Shinsuke or maybe even a Drew McIntyre or 
uh, Cody Rhodes sneak in and get a championship victory over Roman. Where do you think this goes, the storyline head for Sammy? Do you like I I'm I would love it if he is to put turn face. But I'm thinking it's probably just get close and comfortable. I think you said this the other day too. Uh, close and comfortable, win money in the bank, have the money in the bank contract, really get inside the bloodline and then just betray Roman in very predictable Sammy fashion. But the only thing is I think if he would portray Roman, they'll all see it coming. <laughs> and it would be a failed cash-in, which would break my heart. But the fans would erupt for it, though. That's the thing. The second Sammy's music hits, you know, like in, in that moment for Roman's moment of weakness, I, I still think that the fans would erupt for it. I mean, he definitely deserves it, dude. What are you thinking will happen there, though? How do you think Sammy's going to end? Same as you said in the past, right? Like I said, yeah. Like I said last week, I think Sammy is winning money in the bank, and I think he's going to just sneak one on Roman. We'll see. Because I just, you know, there's nothing more really I want. Well, besides Riddle winning a world title than Sammy Zane winning a world title. And I just don't think he's ever going to break that. But if I get proven wrong in the next couple months, I'll be uh, I'll be very happy. I'll be very happy to be moving around. Well, one thing you're talking about within WWE was was the formation of teams, and this next storyline that I wanted to bring up kind of is forming two teams simultaneously. First is the formation of the Judgment Day, uh, the new brood-like faction within WWE, consisting of Edge, Damian Priest, and now Rhea Ripley, which I think that that's really cool. Uh, there's still rumors that they're going to have a fourth member, a fourth male member. Some people say it's going to be Ciampa. That would be really cool. But we have seen them recently feuding with the likes of AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. I think it's really interesting to see them kind of bringing Finn and AJ together because you and I, we're, we're internet marks. I mean, we have a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling. We kind of got to be a little bit of a mark for that. I love it. I love seeing two sweets in the ring. I loved seeing the random match that put AJ and Finn against each other when Bray Wyatt, who was supposed to be Sister Abigail, came down with some meningitis or something like that, right? Some some sort of viral infection. And I just love the presentation of Judgment Day. I think that the gimmicky entrance with the chair was really weird, and I'm glad that they kind of moved away from that because that was just strange. I like like the spotlight entrance though. Like I'm I'm a big fan of like on music cue entrances. Those just get me going. I also love like the dark colors and smoke. I think that they still need to cut the intro by like 10 seconds. Like the the intro, the intro melody is is good, but I still think that they need to just speed it up a little bit. You don't have an issue with them getting rid of Metalungus, getting a new song for Edge. It doesn't fit Edge. Like, I understand that it's the evolution of the Edge character. So, like, the wrestling fan in me is not that upset about it for understanding it. But, like, the wrestling fan in me that loves nostalgia, because as we said last week, two wrestling fans love nostalgia. That hurts a little bit. It does hurt a little bit. But before Edge is, hangs it up, you know he's going to walk out to that one last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely not kind of good. That's a good point. And um, I'm curious to see where this heads. Also, like, they haven't really, like, like, last week, I thought it was kind of weird. They did, like, the string of singles matches, like, Rhea, Flatlib, and then Damien 
wrestled Finn, and like AJ can defend Zay, but like Liv didn't really stay around. So I I hope I'm I'm sure she will be involved in it. They'll do a three and three kind of thing, like uh, and but I don't know, her her in the club like with AJ and Finn. That's a that's a really weird combo. Like Rhea and Judgment Day. I think that fits. That makes sense. Like when the hooded figure was at uh, Backlash, like. As soon as I was like, that's 100% Rhea. I mean, as much as I wish it would be Bailey, because I just want Bailey back, I knew it was Rhea. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just don't. I'm going to see how Liv fits in the feud. And I hope she does come out on top on Rhea, because I'd love for Liv to really get back in the women's title race and either turn heel to beat Bianca or Bianca turns heel, or just, I just want Liv to win the title. Like, she earns it. She keeps like, getting these huge pushes, getting so close to being the girl, the lead, her brand, and just getting the rug pulled out from under her, just breaks my heart every time. Like, ah, just, you know, 2022 needs to be the year of uh, live, but we'll see what happens there. One final thing I'll say about this Judgment Day stuff. The fourth member, I've heard Champa, but one name, I mean, this would have to, they can't do it until they, the RK Bro stuff is resolved. But Damien Priest and Rhea are really good friends backstage. Like, you see them take pictures with each other all the time. But there's another person that's always in those pictures as well. And it's Riddle. Like, Riddle and Damien have been really close since NXT and Rhea, too. And if Riddle did the shocker and was the one that turned against Randy, which might make sense because Randy gets just the crowd loves him like he gets these huge pops every week everywhere he goes like we we are in boston dude they're not like jeff hardy got huge noise but didn't still didn't come close to randy and i mean the biggie winning the cash and that was the biggest noise but like that's a cash and that's different though not the biggie entrances didn't get as big volume as randy so i think randy being the face and riddle turning against him makes sense and then after that after their feud's done, or even during the feud, maybe Riddle gets some backup in the Judgment Day, joins him, and that would just be, I know a lot of people, yeah, the Stone thing wouldn't fit, but I'm like, yeah, it does change character. I don't know if you can really be a top guy if he's like a background guy. I don't know, I just could see it just because of chemistry-wise, and maybe Damien and Rhea and Edge pitching for it. I think you're overlooking a major point in that story, too, in the age-old rivalry of Edge versus Randy Orton. That's, that's very true. That's very true. That, that would actually further my cause, too, and really make it easy for Judgment Day to get involved in a RK Bros split-up story. Actually, I, I think I'd be a fan of that, personally. I think that is, the, and going back to our point about impact, I think that's a storyline where I'm like, I'm interested to see what happens next week. We'll see. Now we'll, uh, we'll finish off with WWE Talk with uh, just one quick thing. With uh, Where will Ronda's open challenges at? She started open challenges again, which is something she did on uh, Raw when she was a Raw Women's Champ. I'm not the biggest Ronda fan. If it heads where I think it will, I'm into it. And it was she had a good little match with Raquel the other week. Now, Shotzi and Leah are arguing. 
they're like, oh, we were going to do it, we were going to do it. So, like, either they're both going to be in triple threat or they'll take turns. But uh, eventually, I think the open challenges will head to the return of Bailey. I, with Charlotte gone, taking the break for uh, her wedding and Andrade, congrats. They, a big rival for Ronda is necessary on SmackDown, and Bailey is very, very well missed. And I, I think her recovery is, I know she still has recovery, but recovery's on unscheduled. I don't know. I, I thought she was fully recovered. So I think that's where I had. I think Bailey will come back, be Ronda's rival for quite a while. That's why I hope for because I miss her. No, I, I definitely think that that's feasible. My hope is my thing that I've just been preaching since last week too. I feel like this is a big, uh, you know, recollection episode for me, but I would love to see it leading to Shayna Baszler getting some real deal appeal there. You know what I mean? Kind of just letting them two go at it. Cause I think the match with Raquel was way better than it had any credit of being. I feel like you have to admit that. I don't know. I was actually kind of expecting a match that would be pretty good just because I feel like Ronda is pretty good in the ring. Raquel is too. And I think their styles actually are pretty blend pretty well. Those striking like MMA expired styles, it's similar and it would be able to blend and work well. And big Raquel being the big brawler with being down Ronda, but Ronda using just veteran and veteran intelligence and her superior math skills to really turn it around and and get the dub. Is Ronda really the veteran in that scenario, though? I think veteran in terms of veteran and fighting and on the mat and really being on the counter attacks and technical moves in terms of wrestling now, but... Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Yeah, I don't really know where it will go. I think that it would be interesting to lead to the return of Bailey. I we just want Bailey to come back. We should just make that Bailey come back too. Bailey come back. Every episode is gonna be called Bailey come back until she agrees she's back. <laughs> Day at week number two of us asking for Bailey to come back to WWE. Yeah, and she just blocks us to show us up. That's <laughs> good. She wouldn't do that. She's lovely. All right, Juice. Well, let's take the transition from WWE storylines and let's talk a little AE dub. And I think that one of the storylines we want to talk about is something that we have both been kind of calling for for a while, something that we've been clamoring for, and something that is finally upon us, and that is Wardlow taking on MJF. And can I just say, MJF is is a sports entertainer, pro wrestler, to a T like I, he has these crazy contract disputes, which I personally am not going to get worked over. Like some of these stories that are coming out of him and Tony Khan's contract negotiations just sound too in character for MJF for, for it to be real. Like him. And if it is real, like I'll eat my words, but he, he gets the character. He gets how to be the character in real life. And if he actually is having legit contract negotiations where Tony Khan won't pay him a lot of money, I think it's personally stupid for Tony Khan to not do that. I think as a person, MJF, the performer, is amazing. And as a wrestler, he provides so much value to whatever company he's in. So I'm personally in the boat of pay the man, Tony Khan. But if it's all in character, because like I said, I'm not going to get myself worked over it. I I don't know. I, I I would imagine that he probably has already signed a contract extension or something at that point. And they're just working the working the dirt sheets. I'm along your boat, too. I think it is a work. And 
you know, MJF's keeping kayfabe alive, like on so social media games, interviews, everything, keeping keeping his image, his character, like seem real. And I applaud for that. I really hope that this doesn't work because I think AW is where he belongs, and that he's he's a big reason why I watch. I think I might really drastically lose a lot of my interest in AW if he left. Because I think that even though Adam Page is my favorite, MJF is really the big draw for like segments like why I watch, why I make sure I watch every week or record it and see. Because I'm really interested to see what does MJF do now? What what does he say? What little vignette does he do? What's he going to bring to the table that's new? Because he does something that's always new and like crazy. Like last week, he did the whole dark side of the ring. Like, that was so funny. Thing. Oh, that was awesome. And this Chris Jericho just being like, uh, I'm not doing this for that asshole. He's like, wait, how much money? And he just continues everything. And um, I loved it. And uh, I think the only thing about the segment I was not a fan was, well, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not a fan because it's still going to pan out. Like, I got to wait and see. But um, I kind of wish he did give new stipulations that weren't the same as Cody's to Wardlow. I get why they did it really like want to paint Wardlow and his top guy and really make plays Cody and also like this is a this is a rivalry of two like former friends which is the same as MJF Cody so it fits very well like it's well done I'm not saying it's not well done I'm not the biggest fan of rehashing stuff even when it makes a ton of sense which does make a ton of sense and if you're really into it I get why I'm not saying it doesn't make sense like there's a reason they're doing it, and it's not because it worked last time. It's because it just it fits, and it is different because it's two different people. Like they didn't do dark side ring last time, and like oh, Cody wasn't bodying twenty security guards all the time, and again brought in handcuffs, and like it wasn't about contract, like getting a contract. So there's little nuances that make it different. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about how they're doing it and making, like, steel cage stipulation the lashings again? I don't mind it because I think that it kind of really solidifies MJF as that slimy heel character. I think it's kind of interesting for it to, like, be his thing that you have to do stuff like that if you really hate him and really want to fight him. And I, I just wish it was somebody that wasn't Sean Spears. But I get, like, MJF being the special guest referee, like, is, like, essentially a two-on-one match in the cage. But I do just wish it was somebody that, like, posed a more credible threat. Yeah, or they could have done a better job at really building Spears back up. Like, I thought that was the point of Pinnacle. They really kind of failed to do that. Like, I I like him as a wrestler. I think he's very good. Like, he's a a guy who has one of the top schools in the country. He he can talk really well. I'm just curious to see what they would have done with them but it's too late now they did the rampage match match with bronson to put him over and do this whole giant slayer thing but like you beat one big guy who hasn't really won any matches on tv hasn't won any matches on tv you really call yourself the giant slayer slayer it's kind of just silly and a more credible threat would have been better I, and i know they're kind of doing ftr being good guys but they're still technically part of the pinnacle like one of them would have been better because they're both real threats and spears isn't even just both of them. Like yeah. We're going to do a two-on-one. Just do both. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a really fun feud. And then the other fun feud heading into Double or Nothing, one that I think 
you have a lot of interest in that is cm punk and adam page i don't know who's gonna win this one because i literally think it can go either way like from the promos that they've been having against each other i don't know which horse no pun intended i'm backing i genuinely think that they go with punk if they want to establish credibility to hangman they choose hangman you're right i think it's really going either way which i'm i'm pumped about i feel like one thing that aw is a flaw of aws even though i do think aw is the best company my favorite to watch right now one one thing they have a few negatives not many negatives but one that i really harp on a lot is that they're predictable i think most pay-per-views there's been many like when most of their pay-per-views i i can predict every single match that's not good like even wwe doesn't do that like it's hard to predict sometimes it's hard to predict because they do silly decisions (laughs) but um i do like this match is is not easy to predict i think it could go either way like you said i love that and I don't think this is the only match on the card that's been announced like that. I'm really excited for it. And I'm even more excited because I'm going to be there. And for this match, and if Paige wins, you know, I'll, I'll pop. If Punk wins, I, I think in the moment, even though I'm not surprised what would happen now, I think in the moment I would be shocked. I don't know why. Maybe it's because when you're live for stuff like that, for title changes, even if you see the title change coming, like, you have that shock face. You see the people in the crowd and pay-per-views and title changes happen. They turn into memes. Like, I feel like a lot of those people, they go into it knowing that title change is very possible and probably happening, but then they still have the shock face and they still get turned into memes. So, But I'm up in the nosebleed, so I won't be turned. I was going to say, we got to turn you into a meme, though. I won't be. <laughs> Unless there's cameras up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> Who knows? There might be. But yes, and, and I just want to touch on the one last match you're going to see, the Hookhausen. I, I think that's going to be awesome for you to kind of get the see the first time those two team together. I mean, I think, what, last week you even said you're a fan of the silly wrestling. That's just silly wrestling. Very so silly. Very silly. <laughs> I love Dan Housen's theme too, by the way. Me too. I, I love everything Dan Housen. Everyone you know and everyone that listens that know knows that I'm a Dan Housen mark all the way. I'm excited for this. I think it's very good that is in the buy-in. I don't think it's a main card match. I'm curious to see what they do. I think it'll be silly, but there'll be parts of real wrestling in it, especially when Tony and Hook are in the ring because they're very good. Then I think that'll be like really good to see, and you'll in the future will want a one-on-one match with those two. For sure, but like, no, most matches gonna be silly. I don't think it'll be that long, probably around like nine, ten minutes. I'm I'm curious to see what they do and what shenanigans Danhausen brings to the table and what shenanigans uh, Smart Mark brings to the tables because uh, Smart Mark always has a plan. That he does, especially if you wear a black shirt, security man. <laughs> but Juice, where can the people tell us if they have any other interesting current wrestling stories going on or if they want to hear about your love for Danhausen? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, hit us up at capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Um, on Instagram, T-O-T-C underscore P-O-D. That's it. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. 
And if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star review. And if you, specifically you, the person not giving us that five-star review, do not give us that five-star review, you will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. And again, as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next time.